It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or whatever you're listening to us on. Thank you for joining us. I'm joined in our Melbourne studios. First time. It's you, it's, you, it's the bedroom you get kicked into when you're fighting with your wife, Tony. It is, but it is known as our Melbourne studio and it is great to have a podcast and see you blokes live while we're doing it. Even though I do that on Zoom, this is different. I can touch you. I can feel you. Don't do that, please. No, I promise I won't. Uh, Welshie, hello. Very good day, Tony. And Lyle, hello. It's good to be here, mate. You've got a good setup here. Oh, thank you, mate. Is this all the things you've picked up over the years? All the things I've stolen, yeah. Yeah, you stole that 8x10 from the New Japan show we're I backstage did. at. <laughs> I did um, another, you definitely I've, didn't pay for that Eric Bischoff poster. I've yeah. got another 25 of those Southern Showdown pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what the hell to do with them. You put them on our website, Tony. You sell them. Yeah. Do something. Oh, yeah. the cat, There's a cat on the in. table. Yeah. Oh, Good on you, Georgie. Uh, welcome. Did Welshie bring his dog to bark in no. the background <laughs> of the studio? We'll have to cut him in. <laughs> That's a bit of editing for you, Tony. But really looking forward to tonight, guys, because uh, we've got a special guest which we'll introduce very, very shortly. But uh, just before we do, he made a big announcement too at Renegades on Saturday. Uh, we were there. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I think they're really on the right path with that. Yeah, um, it had a familiar feeling about it, um, which I think people in the crowd definitely felt as well. Uh, beautiful venue, you know, when mm. when that's packed out, full sold out with the balcony and, yeah, I think they're onto something. You know how She'll keep, definitely be loud, that's for sure. No, you know how I keep going on about Thebanon Theatre from the old days? Yes. This is Thebanon Theatre from the old days, just shrunk a little bit. Yeah, well... It, to, you know, for people that went to the MCW shows at the uh, in Essendon, it was like that, but on a larger scale. Mm. So yeah, once they get the punters packed in there, you know, which they it's will. A good once, crowd. yeah, once the uh, the storylines kick in and you know something you really sink your teeth into. But yeah, amazing first outing. Oh, uh, Speaking like, of outings, yes, I was um, in Fitzroy on Sunday morning after mm-hmm. the show, and I'm uh, trying to get a coffee. Um, you'd think it'd be easy to get a coffee in Fitzroy, but I went to one place and they said, we don't do takeaway coffees. Nothing. Can you believe that? Don't do co- So I had to go to a second place. Obviously, didn't do any business during COVID then. <laughs> no, well, obviously not. But yeah, they didn't want my probably seven bucks if they don't do takeaways. Um, so I start going towards another coffee shop and I get uh, yelled at in the streets uh, for being an effing mark. In what? my Robbie Eagles shirt. No. I look over to see who's yelling at me. It Robbie, Robbie Eagles. <laughs> yeah, so um, shout out to Robbie. Uh, you should be happy that I spent my, I think, I think it was 35 bucks, I'm not even sure, um, on your shirt. And you should be congratulating me for wearing such a lovely shirt in public. Mind you, I did buy it for Em and the Kid. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe that's what it was. It was an Em and the Kid shirt. That's Surely Em gets one for free, doesn't he? No, no, he gets... It was half. A, it was it was an M and the kid and Robbie Eagles shirt. The Golden Eagles. Yeah, that's what I mean. Surely he gets yeah. one for free. No one said he didn't. 
Well, she was wearing a Mark I shirt. I was wearing got, it. Got I thought you said you got it for him. No, I got it because of him. <laughs> Everyone else understood that, didn't they? Well, now that Tony brings it up that way, why did you buy him a shirt? Is that what you were saying? I didn't like the one he was wearing. No, did no. you buy a Lockie Hendricks shirt? Well, we'll ask later on if that's going to be a possibility in the future because there is no such thing. There is no such thing. I have seen people make their own before. Let's ask him now because he's just sitting there like a star bottle of piss while we're just talking about absolute crap and we need to bring him in. And Lockie Hendricks, welcome to my house. Yeah, it's something. (laughs) It's definitely You can say it's a piece of shit. No, look, it's got a lot of character, a lot of chutzpah. I definitely, yeah, chutzpah, definite chutzpah in this house. Thank you. Uh, first of all, can I? Clutters the word. It's got a lot of clutter. Porter, porter uh, about uh, it. Uh, well, what's that, it. What's that Einstein quote? If a uh, em- if a cluttered mind, no, if a cluttered room means a cluttered mind, what does an empty room mean? I say that to you know. Fuck! I was going to make a reference to something I don't want to make a reference to. <laughs> we're going to have to edit that out. You see that? You see that uh, Elvis poster? Well, no one's. Everyone. No one's who's listening. Can that say used to belong. To, that used to belong to Brian Mannix. Anyone under sixty? <laughs> Brian Mannix well, was a singer in a band called the Uncanny X Men. Exactly. They sucked. Well, well, I, well, I, I didn't, didn't get that reference, but I can say I went as to a child, with his niece. that's the only reason I know. <laughs> what a claim to fame. Um, that poster on the wall of Elvis was yeah. on the wall in my lounge room growing was up as a kid because really? my mum is a big Elvis uh, I mark. reckon I had one too yeah. when, I reckon when I was younger. When I sure. say I went to school with Brian Mannix's niece, the only reason I know who Brian Mannix is is because she kept saying she was Brian Mannix's niece <laughs> and no one knew who he was. Everyone knows who Brian Mannix is, surely. I don't. <laughs> don't, don't you really? I really don't. I'll, I'll um, which one later. of the X-Men was he? Uh, he was the lead singer. Short guy. I didn't. Yeah. I've anyway, seen the movies, but I haven't seen the band. <laughs> I just want to say how proud I am of you, Lockie Hendricks. Oh, thank you. And because before Saturday, I thought you were one of the biggest pricks around. Your attitude towards people and all that sort of stuff, your scheming, all that, as lover boy and all that sort of stuff was just something that didn't excite me much every time I saw you. Tell but us how you really feel, Tony. Is <laughs> <laughs> he's comfortable in his own home? <laughs> yeah, well, is this the next expose? <laughs> but is this an honesty session? Are we yeah, next? Yeah. The great thing about it is, though, mate, you, you seem like you're on your way to mending what the past few years has been mm. in wrestling for you by the way you spoke on Saturday. And for that... It, to go with another saying, it takes a big man to apologise. And I think that's what you were doing on Saturday, was apologising for your actions of the past and pointing out to people that there is a new future ahead for Lockie Hendricks. And for that, mate, you are to be commended. Oh, well, thank you. That means a lot. Um, That whole uh, thing was very nerve-wracking for me. Um, I didn't have my comfort zones in a sense like i made purposeful decisions um especially talking in that manner i didn't want to have the sunglasses on i didn't want to yell or anything during my entrance and i also didn't have gum and all these things over the years have uh helped me far more than i realized because being out there and stuff and we're talking about the Collingwood Town Hall before and how beautiful it is. It's got this lovely thing when you're in the ring and you're looking out to everyone. It reminded me of the Court of Owls, if people are Batman fans, because it's like everyone's surrounded, everyone's looking, because the balcony's quite high, 
uh, so it's looking down on you. It's Good point. Really, it was really surreal. Um, so it was a very emotional uh, sort of speech that there was some of like some of the, the ugh, some of the emotion was in the ring, of course. But I especially when I got to the back, it was like. Oh, like, geez. Yeah. Um, I even, I think, you know, talked to some of the people backstage. I was just like, that really took it out of me. Uh, so, yeah, it was a really surreal experience. Definitely the most special night of my career. Do you think that it took it out of you because that's the closest everyone's ever been to seeing who you are? Um, in a, not like, exposed at all. I like exposed. Look, in a sense, but, you know, Tony was mentioning the piece of shit that I was earlier. <laughs> did uh, I say that? I'm sorry if uh, I did. No, but, uh, it. Um, but like, if we're going to be very candid here, in that time, wasn't really the greatest person. Like, looking back at the time, I thought I was hot shit. And that's the thing but, too, but you, you admitted that on Saturday, that yes. your past you were a, yeah. a, a, a real work. Um, so, it was very, like, nervous just because showcasing myself in that form and having everyone sort of look at you and it felt very bare like even though I had a suit on and all that mm. type of jazz uh, like I mentioned with those comfort zones they felt very vulnerable uh, and the crowd to their credit uh, was really forgiving and really accepting of what I had to say like the, after what I've been like for numerous years they could have just been like boo shut up and it would have just been would have just been me trying to speak but no they let me have my voice and I'm very appreciative of that did you have a plan B if that had happened that's a good question <laughs> or would you just winged it I'm always very big on like seeing your surroundings and circumstances. I had a lot to say and it was that that was part of the emotion I think and I think that I was lucky in that people wanted to hear it. Um and I think I've gained an, enough goodwill with some similar type segments and that in the past that they were very accepting and plan B I it's a hard one to talk about because in my head, I knew what I wanted to say, but had that changed, I don't know what I would have felt mm. in that moment. Uh, I just knew that I wanted to say what I had to say. And that I'm thankful, again, that they had let me say it because it could have been really awkward if I'm trying to talk and then, boo, boo. Piss off. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised Tony didn't. To be honest, no, no, but no, because he's, I gave him well a chance. Known oh, for no, no, no. You. he did that here. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone deserves a second chance, and I, I think the thing that or I or a really, sixth in some cases. Oh, exactly right. I think the thing that I really liked about it too was the delivery mm. of the way you did it. It was very, for me, it was very evangelistic. It was like I was actually watching a preacher up it was on a stage. Call to it was, <laughs> I thought I agree. I think it was a call to arms. Yeah, it was for sure. Well, it was important to me to celebrate what renegades is and there is such a passionate group of people behind it and giving you know some shine and some praise to people like Ray, who does mm. just tremendous work mikey chris all that i really wanted that to be known and 
that was part of what I had to say. And I wanted it to be something that forever would be defined in Renegade's history. And it was so special to me that there were so many good matches and stuff on that first show. But for me, I'll always have that. And like, I know people get more nervous for matches and stuff. But for me, that was like, this is so much bigger than any match I think could be at that time. Just having the opportunity to say what I had to say. Yeah. Yeah. In the crowd, it felt... Yeah, you know, from my point of view, it was cathartic and an mm-hmm. emotional dump, probably while you were exhausted afterwards yeah. backstage. Um, but the wrestling fan in you know, myself and maybe a few others in the crowd were waiting for the, the quick swerve back to being mm-hmm. a heel, like, you know, the give it to us and then take it away. But it went on for a bit that it was like, he's not turning. Like, this is, mm. he's letting us all know what wrestling actually means yeah. to the man behind you know, love a boy and everything like that. And I, I thought you did, it was amazing. Like, you know, Tony gave me a little bit of grief on the night. I, uh, I shed a tear. It was, oh. it was infectious. Uh, yeah. Re- wrestling. That's rare for you. Well, you know, um, <laughs> don't spill any milk here because I'll cry, definitely. But, um, you know, wrestling is such a weird, you know, niche that people don't understand. Mm. And I felt you were one of us in that ring, you know, Mm. and you just told us that you were a wrestling fan and what it actually meant to you and this new venture and this company and the group behind it. And that, like, there were so many times where what I wanted to say changed throughout the months leading up to it. And I remember there was this one time where I wanted to mention how at three years old I fell in love with the love of my life of professional wrestling and then how I felt like at 18 years old I fell in love with the new love of my life, Australian wrestling. And then at 27 years old I've now fell in love with the new, new love of my life, (laughs) Renegades of Wrestling. Um... But so it was like wrestling for me has always been really special. It's always been part of my life. Um, And it feels really good being part of Renegades and feeling sort of that way in regards to I feel like I did when I was three, when I was 18. I feel that excitement. I feel just that energy. And it was really infectious on Saturday. Like, there was just so many good conversations I had, so much emotion, so many people just excited, and I really love that, and Mm. I love wrestling when it is that. I feel like that was the feeling backstage and also the feeling out the front. There Mm. there was a feeling of excitement and and love. Mm. Um, You mentioned Mikey, Ree, and Chris. Yeah. Um, I've spoken to two of the three, and I know how much it meant to them to get yeah. called out like that. Have you, did you have good conversations with them after your promo or after the show? Um, so, Ray was very, like, very thankful. Uh, she, she's lovely, by the way. Um, Mikey, I, we didn't really talk. I, I could see his face when I was saying it to him and I really made sure, and it, it might be a cardinal sin in a production standpoint, <laughs> I really made sure not to look at the camera. I wanted to look at him uh, because I wanted to share that moment with him. And with Chris, it was uh, very emotional when I got backstage because, you know... He managed to break Jake's T's tag for five minutes <laughs> to come and talk to you. Um, <laughs> but I was more... 
there was this lovely feeling I had where I haven't had it in a very long time because I, I, I value Chris's opinion quite highly. And as I was walking up the ramp, I was like, I hope that was good. <laughs> and, and I was like, I wonder, I wonder what the reaction's going to be. And uh, as I was walking, a, a little bit of, you know, he, he may be like, you know, might not have reacted to it as mm. some did. And uh, he just went to me and he was just like, that is the moment of your career. And that was just really like special. Um, quite affirming as well. Yeah. And it was just, again, that moment, that specific eight minutes or nine minutes or someone recorded on, on Instagram. It was eight minutes. Something um, were really, it really built up and to have people really enjoy it and feel some sort of connection to it is really special. Um, because you know, you, you think of these things and you're like, Oh, I, I hope it gets this reaction. And then, you know, everyone's just like, Oh, you know, let's get to the wrestling, please. Um, so it's really special. Uh, and I know I'm saying special a lot, but that's, I, I can't think of any um, other word. Well, we'll go on to other topics at some stage and that's probably not going to be the word you use a lot. So it'll be fine. I, I, I think this is going to be quite a happy podcast. I'm, I'm excited. Well, the great thing for me is that, as I said from the start, we're seeing a, a, a totally new Lockie Hendricks. This is, mm. this is the guy that you are. This is who you really are. And we'll come back to Renegades later on because that's where it is at the moment. I want to go back to Loverboy Lockie Hendricks. Sure. Were, were at any time were you concerned about your mental health at any time playing that character? Because you you seem to have been really conflicted with yourself in how you had to portray yourself back then. But I don't think that's really you. Oh, should I be should I be paying like one twenty an hour? This is therapy. Not um, nah, look, I think. During that time, I was so committed and obsessed with being lover boy Lockie Hendricks. And I mentioned it in the Renegade speech that I, uh, it was part of my apology that I misconstrued what it meant. And Did it take over part of your life as well? I, I think part would be an understatement. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I, I had, a, like, to me, I had pride in certain behaviours and being a certain type of person. Uh, because I thought that was the way I could be the best wrestler, entertainer, whatnot, and be the best lover boy. And, you know... Is that the Andy Kaufman thing? Yeah, of course. Um, but it was so... You know, you get you get into that dedication of it. And then, like, I, I'd like to think that I was young <laughs> and all that. And I look, I, I'm a few years older now at the mature age of 27. But I think about it now, if I could ever do that now, like if I would ever be so obsessed to be that and, you know, have... Uh, certain things, you know, have certain attitudes and try to be that wretched guy. And I'm like, now I'm just like, I I don't think I could ever warrant how I treat treated certain people and all that type of stuff. So I would want, like, like I said, I'm, I'm sorry for that behavior. Again, I misconstrued what it meant. And I take a lot of responsibility for that. That's on me. And I'm I'm glad that in times of that I entertained and I did all that, but 
as a person, I could have been better. Did anyone actually come up to you at any point, though, in that lover boy period and say, mate, you're just taking this maybe just a fraction too far? No, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um, there was... There was a conversation I had with someone who said uh, that to be a real, like, to live it is almost easy. To be really good at this, you need to be able to separate that. And I never, at the time, I was like, nah, they're wrong. Like, they're so wrong. They, they were so much older than me as mm. well and had actual wisdom to give, but I was like, they're wrong. And uh, par- part of the lover boy <laughs> attitude yeah, yeah, at the yeah. time, uh, like, God, I was so off my own ass <laughs> at one stage. Um, but it was it was just very interesting. It's weird looking back on it because there were moments of real nostalgia and real nice moments and pleasant memories. And then there's moments of where, you know, I was a degenerate and mm. I was very disrespectful and awful. And now talking today... It's like, I want to be better, and I had to start somewhere, and I'm so glad I got to start at Renegade. And we're still seeing, and we have seen, different iterations of the Loverboy character. Um, we're seeing a different iteration of him at DMDU. Yeah. Um, talk to us about the anti-deathmatch party and what those guys and girl means to you. And I make no apologies to if you're hearing cans being opened and <laughs> bottles being opened. We're just chilling, just having a beer and having it's a celebration. Yeah, it is. Mm. Um, that group is so special to me. Uh, if we're being honest, in a sense, uh, after certain things happened, I was quite down on wrestling and it was really... Sorry for the silence. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say. It was really special, like, being associated with those people. Because I don't know if it's ever been told, but I have such a long history with each of them. Like, Mitchell Wright, I'm actually the reason he ever got into wrestling. Um, He was at a... Wow. Yeah, he was in an Etherton show... And he went up to me and Cracker Jack at the merchandise table when we were teaming. And he was like, I want to do this. I want to be a wrestler, all that. What do you think? And I was just like, the only way you're ever going to know is if you do it. And I, and I praised how good it is, how, you know. So you me, lied to him. No, 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 no. <laughs> there, 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 there is a punchline to this story. And how, you know, like for me, it's the best thing I ever did. He then went to Cracker Jack and Cracker Jack went, don't. <laughs> um, and then from there, um, Hector Jones, I've always thought he has just been so tremendous. Like he was one of the first, well, he was in the first academy uh, class and all that type of stuff. So I was there in the beginning with him. His upside is really high. Yeah, oh, the amount of potential all of them have is just outstanding. And it was really special. Like it's been really special getting to know them more as people, um, because at first, like Mitchell Wright, I had met a few times, but getting to know him and his passion for wrestling has been really cool. Same with Hector. I knew him, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know him. Um, I was doing physical actions then. No, that came we, across. Okay, good, was, oh, good. Um, it, it, but yeah, it was. It's been really good to see how 
intelligent he is. And then with someone like Katie, uh, so she, I met her in 2016. Uh, so I've known her for like six years. And I remember she had her debut match, so technically like in an actual company and stuff, because she did a few fellow fiestas and stuff like that. But she had her first like day, like in-ring match at uh, Colac. And I remember I watched her match and I was just like, whoa, she can really go. Like I was just blown away. Mm. And I remember the only... The, there's been a few times I've had that happen. Uh, Maddie Wahlberg was one. Headhunter Rig is one. And um, who are, Avery was one as well. So when that happens, it's like, whoa. And so from... Yeah, it's two, a good group. Yeah, from 2019 onwards, I've just been always Katie, Katie, Katie. So getting that opportunity to work with someone that you've always had high regard for and seeing how much she shined uh, since I, I think my addition to the group. I hope I don't sound arrogant there. Um, but working and being alongside with all... F- three of them in the mission against DMDU is something I'm so proud of. Unfortunately, we have to wrestle at DMDU, but I digress. Uh, that relationship is just really special. Yeah, we love Katie Lux. Her dad and I go back a long way through football. Every, oh. Everyone and you goes back a long way. Yeah, that's true. Uh, her father actually co- is coaching my son. Oh, wow. At the, uh, at the spot. So, 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 so you, oh, that's yeah, so, yeah, we've got a bit of a relationship. Uh, I've, there, heard, nice. I've heard a little bit about Mr. Lux. He sounds like <laughs> a good man. But, I mean, I, even I've been down and watched her train at VP. Mm. And just she was working with Darcy Moss. Yeah. Who I think is a criminally underrated mm. wrestler. And um, if you're looking for a mechanic and a workhorse, everyone should probably... But you could say the same about Katie, couldn't you? Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Katie's those been two... very much underbooked in yeah. the last four or five years. And if those those two were working together, and I was like, incredible. I was just transfixed by what they were doing. Yeah. Um, they're, they're both just tremendous. And uh, something I, I'm really glad that with Kate, uh, with all of them is... And it was something when I was like in there I really wanted to showcase was each of their individual personalities because they've all got such individual personalities. Mm. Like Katie is sassy as are we allowed to swear on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sassy as fuck. And then you got Hector who is intense. He is an intense individual. And then you got Mitchell Wright who is just so passionate about professional wrestling. He'll always link me like stuff from really long ago. And like I'm an old school fan, but this is like sixties black and white stop motion. Uh, when when they yell, Yeah, when they yell something out to the crowd, like a subtitle comes up. Like it's really something. Their feet are moving really I saw, fast. Yeah. I saw um um, the first time I really noticed um, Katie doing something super sassy was was at DMDU. She was, I think, she was outside the ring while you were wrestling, and um, someone and everyone was chanting tap 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 to you. Yeah, and then you put someone into a, I think it was just a headlock, and she just turned around and sarcastically started yelling clap clap clap. And I just thought, that's it. Like, yeah, that's what you want from her yeah. in that role, and she just did it on instinct. Yeah, and I genuinely say I think all three of them have the like other future in wrestling and 
it was, it, this is actually, I'll give you a renegade story. For me, the most proud, excited and nervous during that whole night was during Katie Lux's match. Uh, that was such... She killed it too. Like, yeah, that was... Cremator, so, I was talking to Cremator after the show. He's like, geez, Katie was good. Like, yeah, that was such a weird experience and one I didn't expect. Mm. Uh, we'll probably go into it later. I've been sort of in a trainer role at Vicious Pursuit and it was so... Uh, like when she was going out there, it was like watching a really intense footy game uh, in that, you know, you really want your team to win. So every time she was getting something, I was at that monitor. Yeah, come on, come on. And stuff like that. And even one of the people backstage were like, you're really invested in this match. And I was like, yeah, I really am. And it was just like Rock and Hogan for you. (laughs) Yeah. And it was, uh, it was just so special. Again, I'm using special a lot. I'm trying to catch myself. Um, Can we make sure we say this is phenomenal? Phenomenal. It was phenomenal. This is a special edition of Hogan. Yeah. Um, and she, it was just, I, I never expected it. And now I'm like, oh, when Hector is on a show, if she's on a show, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking at this point, I might just have an entire show filled with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's add, it's going to add so much more stress to my. Uh, yeah, you have to go on first. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, oh, it's just. But it's it's quite it's very rewarding and it's so good that that was translated, like the talent I've gotten to see, not just in DMDU but at yeah. training and stuff, be translated to that uh, setting. And yeah, it's just it was something else. Mm. Did um did anti deathmatch party come along at the right time for you? I th- uh, so you could like give back to the the young crop. Um, you know, and now you see, like, you can see the passion now you've got. Yeah, you, know, you look yeah, you at light up when you're talking. Yeah, um, you know, you're like one of the footy dads on a footy field. Yeah, on a Saturday yeah. cold morning, and you know, there's 18 people out there, but you're only watching one kid. And, yeah, you know, you're living every bump and everything like that. Um, did, yeah, did that come along at the right time for yourself? I think so. Like, you know, you think about you know my exit and stuff. And, uh, you know, the thought came, oh, what if I just wait until I do Renegade? So that would have been, oh, funnily enough, would have been 303 days. Um, Sorry, I just did a burp there. That wasn't dramatic effect. Um, And it was really... Killing the magic. Yeah, I know. It was really, like, I'm so glad I got to do it because I think it is the best thing that's happened for me in wrestling and it's going to bring the best version of me for Renegade. And, you know, now Katie's on Renegade. Hector was at Renegade. I hope, uh, you know, Mitchell Wright will soon be there. And I'm just so, like, it really, I hope me being an anti-death match party and that has elevated them. And not saying that I have, it's just that, they have always deserved that, and I. You lent the name. You lent the reputation and the name, though that you were established. Yeah, but they were still like they're just so talented. I just hope I've been able to guide them to that position because they have already had the talent to belong there, and they were doing a good job before you got there, mm. which um, is pleasing because they were still getting heat, which is their job. Yes. Um, I just feel like you arriving. 
gave it a little bit of direction. Yeah. And, um, and you have seen improvements in everybody since they've been working with you, not just at shows, mm. also at VP. Yeah. And like those improvements, like it's just really, again, <laughs> rewarding when you're training and them. And special. Yeah. And special. The rewarding special podcast featuring Lockie Hendricks. Uh, it, it, but it is because you see these improvements and you're just like, oh, they're getting better they're somehow getting better uh because you know you see and sometimes you think and this was what was really special about katie and it's been special about them all in there when you when other people have seen them is that sometimes as a trainer or as someone that just gives their advice or whatever you you worry that you've got a vested interest and you're just seeing something like you're like oh they're hot shit. And then someone else sees them and goes, hmm. Yeah, I've coached bad football teams. Yeah. Um, so when, again, uh, Renegades, you know, uh, Hector, Mitchell, when they succeed and people are like, this is good. They're good. You're like, yes, yes, they are. And then you feel some pride, but you more feel pride for them because they deserve that. Mm. What have you got against Death Match Wrestling? Look, I, I, I think... I, we did an announcement, a segment, a promo, whatever you want to call it, on that we hate DMDU, and that is the truth. Like, that I, was a great promo. Oh, thank you. So you hate I, the you, you I, don't I, like the promotion, or I, you don't I, like deathmatch wrestling? Hate, I I hate what DMDU does. I hate how they portray deathmatch wrestling. I I I do hate deathmatch wrestling. It's never been my thing, but how they do it, I really feel that it's cheap um and that they don't appreciate wrestling it, it, it seems like something any anyone could do and for me professional wrestling is so special and there are people mick foley stuff like that that can do stuff mm. that is still special terry funk well one of my favorite matches of all time it involves terry funk and you know it's just that well, let's be honest, there's no Terry Funks at DMDU. Uh, it's just cheap. It's uh, Honestly, anyone could do it, and that's what's unfortunate about it. I, th- I think that DMDU could be something special, but they choose to be cheap, and they choose to utilise people. Like like we were saying before I came along, ADMB were doing fine. They should have been doing better because they were and are better. But you are going to be getting into not just a ring, two rings, with Lobo. Yes. Does that mean something to you? I think it's disappointing for a man who claims to love Australian wrestling to side with something that cheapens it so much. Because I love Australian wrestling and I would never side with DMDU. But this is Lobo. This is what he's always done, though, isn't it? To an extent. I watched him and Mad Dog recently, and I saw the spectacle behind it. And I saw two men actually fighting. And look, not my cup of tea again, but it's far better than what DMDU does. So I don't understand how he can respect them when in a in a way they're cheapening what he did, um, 
because a lot of people mention how Lobo has done a lot for Australian wrestling. And it's a shame that he's cheapening his legacy by siding with DMDU. I'm sure you'll put him in his place. He is a legend of Australian wrestling. Crackerjack retirement for this. He is. Big, Crackerjack big. is a legend of Australian wrestling. Mm-hmm. Where where is the where is the uh, association with you and him under this new Lockie Hendrix persona under this new Lockie Hendrix well, chain of life? So Wrestle Rock is happening May twenty seventh, yep. and he called you a little c word. Yeah. Um, it will be, I don't want to say much, but it will be something that has needed to happen for a long time. I I think everyone focuses on what he lost in our last encounter. I don't think that people realise how much that took out of me, and it will just be a very... We've both got something to prove. We both have a very tumultuous relationship. And it's just gone. It's been five years in the making. And Rock Corner Hotel, it's just going to be something that you're going to have to see. Now, obviously, this was a match that, for all intents and purposes, should have happened originally at MCW. Mm-hmm. Um why did you leave MCW the way that you did? Oh, <laughs> Jeez, you um, thought I was yeah, Lord, fighting before. Lord, the you thera- said I've got three. Yeah, the, the, the therapy cost here. Um, I'm not sure that I'll ever truly say why I left MCW. Um, just from more of a... With that entire situation, I've forgiven people. Uh, that were involved, and I would feel cheap, uh, funnily enough, cheap, uh, rewarding, cheap, special. <laughs> we, we've got all these key Those words. You've um, got written on your hand. Yeah, 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 can't yeah. see this. I'm doing the Dwayne The Rock Johnson got <laughs> it on the wrist. Um, no, I would feel cheap, and I'd feel quite awful if I then went, oh, you know, this person did this and all that type of stuff. Um, but I would probably much rather talk about how that journey sort of led me to here because it it's really i i just never like 300 and however many days ago it is now i never expected everything to turn out the way it did because when i left and all that it was just it was a very emotional experience you love that place i did like i did it was Eight years of my life someone brought up to me that my entire adult life was spent there mm. so that was a really hard choice and it was very i i i've read some things that be i i think the narrative is very much like i left and i was like see you later no that was never that was never the case for me i i honestly think that i was the saddest person to be leaving and it was, you know, I left all that type of stuff. And then two days later, I had to, I was scheduled for Mayhem. 
And oh, like if we're going to get honest, I really am not a fan of my performance that night. Not from a, you know, in ring thing. I just wasn't present. Like I just didn't feel it. I was really negative about wrestling, which is why this is lovely because I'm very quite positive. Um, and then, I was at that show. You wouldn't have known. Yeah, no, but it was just yeah. something like I was Some really off. Do. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying it's a credit to you. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, no, I, I watched it back recently after I had my most recent match at Mayhem and I was just like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, not, not at your best there, Lockland. Um, but yeah, no, it's like, if I could say anything, I think the narrative of me being happy that I left is wrong. I It was a really really sad experience and I'm you know when these things happen it's quite tough and all that but I'm really happy that it led to where I'm at now with wrestling because that is something I would have never expected and that is something that is so wait for it special <laughs> and and let's put one thing straight um, I know the answer to the question I'm just going to ask it for people listening did you know about Renegades when you left MCW? No. So, the <laughs> I don't know if it's infamous, but the photo of me, Mikey, and Fresh that was taken on, I don't know. I, was, I think it I, was... It was definitely... Was that the rooftop at the corner, was it? Nah, it was at, it was at a restaurant in Camberwell. Uh, it well, was, they came to you. Yeah, they came to me. <laughs> um, no, and I think it was like a week or two later... Um, and I, I remember the photo. Yeah, I got told there and, you know, part of what helped me get a bit happier about wrestling, you know, after such an experience and getting, oh, we're, we're thinking about this. And it was very, you know, just hearsay at that point. Um, but it was a, a little bit of that excitement came back. Not all of it. It was still, I was still quite raw from what had happened and it was just it it was needed it was a, it was a great time for them to tell me because i just really needed that boost in wrestling and then just in life as well um yeah and it's something i mean that's made you feel slowly back to who you want to be yeah and I'll probably go on a little bit of a tangent here cuz i want to i, I want to detail this journey um, that sort of happened because it's it's really intriguing, and I might I might take a while. I do apologize because uh, when it happened, it was I remember I did the mayhem show, and uh, because I wanted to do something straight away as well, just to notify that I hadn't retired, I hadn't done any of that. I need I'm still around. I'm just not there, yeah, and then. So that happens, and I really didn't lie. I just wasn't there. And then I remember the day of their first show. I think it was July 10th. And, yeah, July 10th sounds about right. And I was very, because they were running, I was very, I, I don't want to be on socials during it. I, I need to forget about this day. So I organized to go to the cinemas. And what two movies did I watch? I watched Space Jam 2. Did you sneak into the second one? Nah, nah, nah. A nah, movie nah. marathon. I, I, I appreciate the cinema. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I wouldn't sure. Um, but yeah, I Go went to the Astor. You get two anyway. Yeah, I I went to um, Space Jam two, and I I, oh, I, I, I quite appreciating en- cinema. I, 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 I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, um, watched it the other day. It's not as bad as everyone makes out. It is. It's yeah, as, but I, it's not. I had fun. Um, it's not Macbeth. I, I I like a Rick and Morty cameo. Um, and welcome to the second ever episode of Lockstar Movie Reviews. <laughs> um, no, the uh, podcast coming up. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's just like four years, five, six years old. Um, so I went to that and I was just trying to distract myself and all that. And I turned my phone on and my phone just went off because I went to that like 7, 7.30. So it's about 9.00. And I remember my phone... It's about intermission. Yeah, yeah. I got to go to the second movie. Um, and my phone just went off, like, you're dead, all that stuff. And I remember... And this is probably the most honest I'm going to get because I feel like this isn't really about my exit. This is just about how I felt. And I remember I saw what they did, all that jazz. And I remember I chuckled because I was like, I got Charlie Sheened. Like winning, like that's for the. It takes a special somebody to get Charlie yeah. Sheen. Um, but then Adam Cold, did he get? Did he get? Oh, in yeah, BTE. Um, but I remember that was my initial heh reaction, and I did find it funny. But I also knew what that meant and how that was in their heads being portrayed and what they meant by that. And I remember, because that whole day I was so like, maybe I've made the wrong decision, really regretful. And uh, because I really, at that time, especially in wrestling, didn't have anything else. So I was really... Also, you were involved creatively there too. Yeah. You were were part of it. Yeah. Oh, God, a long time ago. Um, And I was just very like, oh, man, oh, you know, by God, maybe I go back. Like, maybe I just, I I shouldn't have been that. And I remember I saw that specifically and I just went, I made the right decision. And then I went and watched Fast and Furious 9 for two and a half hours. So Space Jam 2 is not that bad of a movie. Yeah, no, no, I don't even like Fast and Furious. I was just like, it will be something for me to watch. Um so, and, and John Cena was in it. Got to yeah. give my love to he, him. He did well in that. He, he did it, pretty well. If you need something to take your mind off it. Uh, yeah, well, your it, hairstyle tells me that you liked Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, some of them. I don't I, think I've seen all of them because they all... such a Werribee burger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they blend uh, together. Uh, I'm wanting a rock and Cena in the Yeah, in the yeah film. A, that, they that, build it well. Yeah, that's, um, uh, that's their third that. act to so, the Mania uh, duo. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so that happened. And then all that jazz. And I was really, at that point, just not liking wrestling. Like, And then I think before that, like the day before was the Renegade meeting. So at least I had some excitement. And then I think we had lockdown stuff. So wrestling for me was really, ugh. I uh, just wasn't really into it. And then, and it's going to sound so... And that so delayed your DMDU start as well. Yes, and then it was, oh, I don't even know how I would say this. It, it sounds lame. It might sound lame. I'm hoping it sounds really cool. Um, but it was CM Punk's return because those rumors were coming out and CM Punk was my favorite, all that type of jazz. And, you know, him leaving really, I think, as a fan hurt me. Like I always say I stopped being a fan when he pretty much left, like WrestleMania 30 was like my series finale. And so CM Punk 
comes back. And I remember I was in tears, like it was really emotional for me. And then I'm starting to watch wrestling every week because I wasn't. That was really bizarre. I wasn't watching wrestling during this time, even leading up to my departure and all that. Like I just wasn't watching wrestling. And then he comes back, I'm starting to watch it, and I'm starting to like it, I'm starting to get ideas. And then, you know, lockdowns end and that, and I'm like, to Carla, I'm like, hey, I want to come down to VP, I'm free on Wednesday. And he was like, oh, I don't do Wednesdays, Um, what about Thursday? I was like, look, can I come down to the school just to do something before I go to another class because I just needed to sort of bump around and stuff before doing a training session and he was like okay I'll get someone to come down open up school for you all that jazz because I was like I was happy with just doing it by myself and he was like if anyone's there do you want to take the class and I was like sure like didn't think I was like you know any way I can help type deal and then you go way back yeah oh god uh February 2014 um that's my spectrum talking right there (laughs) um and then so I went there and I remember I was thinking no one's gonna show and then this guy Dale shows up and we just had a really good training session and then oh I'm loving this part now. Like, that was really weird for me. And so I continued to do that. And it was really special. (laughs) Um, No, but more people are coming. Then when I started DMDU, ADMP, I'm starting to get people and all that. And that's just that added so much to my passion. I'm watching wrestling all the time again. And then I'm just really passionate about all wrestling and that's where like this podcast should be called the rejuvenation of Lockie Hendrix there we go um a special episode (laughs) yeah because that's what like as sad as all that was it really there's probably an alternate universe where certain things happen where it didn't happen this way I'm glad I live in the one where it happened yeah. this way. Yeah. I, I, I was never a fan of the guru. What the fuck was happening there? Can you tell oh, me? There's a story here. I don't know if you're going to tell it, but there is a really good story. Yeah, look, that's probably for the Snyder Cut. Because um, I never I, got it. That, 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 well, Fresh, I don't know if he would say he would talk about it with you yeah, on a podcast. It, it'll that can be a future episode. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, that's one day in the future. Um, That was like, if we just go so basic into it. Because um, we're so far removed. Yeah. From the bits and pieces I know... It was, I think you would have brought it back. Yeah, look, it's something interesting because it'll just never happen now. Um, but we've how Except for some reunion show in 15 years. I don't know. But <laughs> like, I don't know. In Looking at where I'm at now and seeing what has happened in the last four years, lockdowns, all that type of stuff, I... I don't think it ever would have really worked. Yeah. Like... The timing was... But... but at the time, and I think if certain factors were in the right place, it would have. It was just just a lot of poor timing. and But 
Yeah, it, it, I, I have fond memories of two moments in that, uh, I guess, story. Well, the first promo I really liked. I thought that was really good. And I also liked hiding in the box for like an hour and a half. That was your back at the end of that. Oh. <laughs> there's the funny story where Jag didn't know I was in the box and he starts hitting the boxes oh, no. and I'm thinking, please don't kick it. <laughs> like, it's just going to hurt both of us because he's going to do a kick expecting <laughs> nothing. nothing to hit and then this solid thing and I'm going to be like, ah, fuck! <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Uh, yeah, the spiritual... I can still do it. There we go. Um, yeah, yeah, I... It was a really good lesson. And actually, we'll get to the two lessons. Um, That was a really good lesson in thinking I could do something almost by myself in a sense. Like, because that wasn't my concept. So, like, it sort of was, but it wasn't fully. So when someone left, I thought I could do it anyway. And Was he annoyed? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, let's be honest. I'm talking about Chris Fresh. Um, he, yeah, he was very annoyed, and rightfully so. But that was a good lesson for me to learn. I, I think I needed to learn that. And the other lesson was, I guess, creative was mentioned with MCW. Um, I'm another reason. I'm really glad it, all that sort of happened and that run happened, even though I'm not too proud of that final run in the new MCW for me personally. Is that being someone in management or I guess in a, in a, in a higher role, like I don't know, a corporate role, like even though it's not corporate, but a corporate role, quotation marks. Um, yeah. It, I did not like it. I'm one, I'm one of the talent. I really like being, I like being a squeaky wheel for the talent. So having to almost in a sense, give that up because there are different things you got to think about when you're part of the show, the all-round show and that. And I just never, not for me. So that was a good lesson, finally realising that. Because, you know, I, I like to think I have ideas and all that. And I always thought, oh, I'd be really excited by this. But it just was yeah. not for me at all. Um, and it's, I'm glad I learnt that lesson as well. Loverboy versus Drunk Uncle Beige. Oh. <laughs> Top 50 matches of the year, wasn't it? Uh, it was the highest rated match that well, didn't involve... You, know, you were telling me. Oh, what was it? I, I know that we beat out uh, Punk and Darby, which <laughs> always made me laugh. Um, you know, it must be an esteemed list. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, beat out a few. Think of, it beat out Miro and Eddie Kingston as well. I was like, yeah, look at, look at me and Drunk Uncle Beach. In, in person... Because of when it was throughout the pandemic and we yeah. hadn't seen a lot of live wrestling and it was, I think it was like the night before you did WrestleBrainia as well. So you you turned up the next day pretty hungover at WrestleBrainia. Um, I remember, yeah. But it was the most fun I've had in a wrestling crowd for, it was, in a long it was, time. Yeah, it was yeah. a fun match. Yeah, no, um, like... Uh, it was yeah. crazy. It was it was, it was something. I, I like I don't even know how you describe it to someone. It's more just watch it. Um, I describe it as it was your love letter to WrestleMania. Yeah, it's just a shame I had to do it with that fat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I still look all, all the changes, everything that is you know. I, I like to think I've become better, but I still don't like drunk Uncle Beige. Mm. 
and rightly so. Some yeah, of your worst exactly. memories in the ring yeah, have involved no, drunk Uncle yeah, Beach. No, no, not a fan of drunk Uncle Beach. Uh, Wrestle Rock, t- take us through your emotions of being in that ring, people who are pretty unhinged. And all that. It must be a fun time to be a wrestler. Actually, we're going all over the place, but there is a story. Please listen, the story is coming. If we're going more into the training aspect and how that got me more passionate. Mm. And, you know, it's been steps getting up to Renegade. And that Wrestle Rock, the match I had against Royce and Emin the Kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. That match meant the so... The Cracker Jack one. No, right. no, no, I won this one. That okay. was the one where I won the contendership to go for his title. This is January of this year. Um, that match had a lot of meaning for me because I felt it was such a, do I still have it? Yeah. Like, can I go up against Royce Chambers, Chambers, Chalmers, <laughs> Royce, Superintendent that, yeah, Royce Chalmers. Yeah, he, he's only been gone for two weeks and I've already forgotten his name. No, could I go? He'll I, probably be listening yeah, too. So could I go Royce. against Royce Chambers and him and the kid and hang and I, I had a lot of pressure on that because those two are just so tremendous. Internal pressure from yourself? Internal, yeah. Yeah. Also, you're the veteran in the match as well. <laughs> Making me feel old. No, 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 you're just, you've worked a lot more matches. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I thought Tony was the one giving me the roast. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, geez, I've been kind. Yeah, but no, well, no it was... You can't it, be forgiven for the start of the podcast. Um, you called him a piece of shit. It was so important. Important because it was it genuinely. Can I hang with these two tremendous athletes, who are two just world class wrestlers? And I think, well, I won the match, so the answer is yes. But <laughs> I think that I did, and I was really proud of myself. It was the first match uh, back that I also wore the old Lover Boy trunks as well. And that that's another thing about that god-awful last run. I wore those shitty black leggings. Oh, oh. Um, but no, it was real like I had a lot of pressure on myself in that and that I had to be at their level. And I think that is such an elite level to be at. And so, you know having that opportunity and I, I I I don't want to sound arrogant but in proving to myself that I did I might might not have proved it to everyone but proving to myself that I could that was really special how can you uh, remember how you pulled up after the match oh you know well you never know with Re- you never know with wrestle rock it could be uh, injuries or yeah, hangover it's a, the, yeah. the risky game <laughs> and then we get to the final part of the story with the next mayhem i did and where i wrestled big boris and again last mayhem i did i was really upset with myself and so i had again that internal pressure that i had to be like I had to really bring it this time, had all this change, mm. had all this um, determination to be better and stuff, being, I, I guess, successful. And again, for me, I was really proud. Um, again, people might be going, fuck off. But no, for me, I was really proud. And that it was, I don't know, it's it's weird. Renegade, it had so many small steps, and I'm so glad that it all has worked out the way it has. Yeah. 
Do you enjoy working um, those shows like Mayhem when you get to work against the young guys having their first, sometimes third, fourth match? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I'm really appreciative of who I got to wrestle in my earliest of years. Like my first year, I was surrounded by Burr. I was surrounded by Jay Andrews. I was surrounded by um, Cletus and all just such giving wrestlers. Mm and stuff so in my way to sort of give back in a sense i really want to and it's been elevated a lot more being involved with vicious pursuit and so anytime i get any of those like young people and that and i and i want more of them personally like there's so many um like one of my favorite things going in the at the moment in uh, Australian wrestling is the Ascension Tournament, just seeing all those young guys um, get this opportunity. Oh, and I'm stuff. high on Jarvis. Jarvis is tremendous. Uh, JJ Ferno, oh, Thomas Crow, Hector Jones, Tony Villani, Anf Cava. Oh, I could name them all. Uh, Muteki. Yeah, Muteki. Yeah. There we young go. Muteki. Yeah, I've, I've been, I've, I've, had, I've had some tussles with Muteki. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, for me, it's just been so like, there's just such a good crop of young talent, young hungry talent. So in any way that I can help them um, get to where they want to be, where they need to be, is something really special to me. Even Relentless, who they have at the moment, like BDE, Big Boris, all that bad mood, Bruce Buchanan. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's really cool. And, you know, VP, I could, I, I've got to give love to my kids as well, and who Carlo has as well, because there's just... Like so good, like so good. There's just such a passion there, and there's just so many. It's really infectious, like just having that energy. These people really excited and really like just wrestling. Like can't control their um, almost ability to speak about it because they're just excited. Like I especially love training people who are really new, who are doing rope running for the first time or taking a bump, and you're just like, you're wow. Realizing running the ropes hurts. Yeah, no, but <laughs> remembering what that felt like to be that person, and because as you do it more and more, you sort of you, you don't want to, but you just look at wrestling different. So to look at it it that way again and see that and just be like this is the greatest thing that we could ever do and that's i think maybe why what i said at Rene oh, what i said at renegade resonated is because i do feel that and i think everyone there felt that what we are a part of and what we love is just so special again i know you special. want to say can i just quickly just you jump go, in go. off the back of that because I think what you're talking about is so important to the extent that in the past five, six, seven years, everyone has spoken about this golden era of wrestling that Australia is going through, and it has been. It's mm. been the renaissance of Australian wrestling, maybe even up to 10 years. But we've seen people, guys and girls, going overseas, flying the Australian flag yeah. and flying it bloody... Well, we saw one come back last week in Jonah, and he's just learned so much, and, and he'll bring that back to us. But I think the byproduct of that is exactly what you're talking about. Mm. We've sent so much good talent overseas, but what that's allowed is it's allowed kids back here, 15, 16, 17, to look at that and go, 
shit, maybe I could do this. Maybe mm. there's something in this. So all of a sudden we're starting to see great talent coming through, and the future of Australian wrestling isn't currently in America. The future of Australian wrestling is right here, and mm. it's bloody good. It, it really is, and, like, for me, I think how, like, I, I remember back in 2019 and that I was so obsessed to leave. Like, I was really just wanting to leave Australian wrestling. And just, I, I don't know why, it was just my mindset at the time. For me to be good, for me to be something, I have to leave. And how life has turned out and all that, it's, it's really good that at this age that everything worked out the way it did and that I get to stay in Australian wrestling. And I, I, I don't know how life is going to be in 10 years now, but in the mindset I am in now, it is very... I I, I think I'll always be in Australian wrestling. Thank you, No, but I don't... I You know, I, I think some people may look at that as a negative, but for me, I think that's such a positive. No, I, 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 I think this is something really beautiful and it does grow and it will continue to grow and there is just such a I, there's just such a long list of talent like genuinely i could spend the next 45 minutes discussing talent um because they're all just so gifted and talented and can do they get better you find like as you get older Newer people just get better. Like, the newer people now are far better than I was when I was new. Mm. Just because maybe it's advice, maybe it's people, you know, have more years training. I don't know. It's just I've noticed that really specifically. Like, BDE have more charisma than I ever did at that stage. They probably, to be frankly honest, they probably have more charisma than I do now. But that just they're not 18 either. Yeah, no, but still, like they're, they're like being out in the ring and that at oh, any fantastic. age, that that's a hard thing to do and just have it straight away. But they do, and that like when I started, someone starting and just going, "Hey, I've got this," that was really unheard of. Well, I don't think that the charisma BDE have can be taught. Mm. No, that's just no. That, you got that, that. That's that's who they are. You we, can't we, teach that shit. When when mm. when we spoke to them the first time, this is before before their first before match. their first match, Josh. Send them our way, and before we even hit record, we get like these guys are just on and they get it. And these, yeah. this is who they are. And Big D's pretty loud. You probably had the microphone like all the way <laughs> over there. At Wrestle at Brainia, they were incredible. Yeah, mm. incredible. So, well, last last time we spoke to you, I think it was in 2019, we yes. did ask you, um, you know, who's the young crop coming through? And I think you spent five minutes on just listing name after name, yeah. like you said, because it was ridiculous, and one name would lead to another name. And everything like that. So I think wrestling is in good hands at the minute with the crop coming through. Yeah, really um, is. You know, a little bit of stop start with the lockdowns, but we're over that. Um, but I w- wanted to touch on, you've talked a lot about the steps that have gone along the way to yeah. where you are now, yeah. which is in a great place, loving wrestling, and without all that other stuff, you might not be where you are now. Was there any thoughts of walking away? At, at the the lowest, like the the MCW eulogy and and things like that, were you heartbroken from wrestling? I'm trying to think, because technically there was a time before that where I was thinking about it, 
um, just during lockdowns and stuff like that, more so. Um, but that was more just, I think, because, like, I think life just wasn't really happening for most people. So it's just like, oh, I, I don't know how I'm going to be when life comes back. Maybe I'll be a different man, um, or that type of jazz. Uh, so I don't, when I heard about Renegades, I was, I've always wanted to be associated with, DM, uh, with ADMP. Um, so I don't think I was ever fully, I'm like going to leave all that type of stuff, but I don't know if I would have been as passionate if certain things didn't happen. Like, I don't know if I would be on here. Uh, praising my love for professional wrestling and all that type of stuff. Uh, you're here making uh, us do it in character. <laughs> yeah, well, I, like, yeah, li- like, I don't know. I, it's it's really weird I to look at it. No, it would have been 45 minutes of you'd Tony. Have, you'd have walked out. I would have walked out. Tony would still be doing his introduction. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's, it's hard to think about. I, I don't think so. I think it's always had a special place in my heart. I think it You're was... You're a long time retired as well. Yeah, it was... I think it's just... I think it was just a bit warped and a bit, you know, cloudy at a, at a setting. But now, I, I I don't know. It's it's sunny. It's, it's good weather. It's good <laughs> it's weather always, up in here. It's always sunny wherever Tony lives. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know that we've been praising Australian wrestling and I'm a huge Australian wrestling fan, but I can't help but think we still haven't got back to where we were pre-pandemic mm-hmm. um what in your opinion do we need to do what 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 will help us get back to the level we were at in 2019 or 2020 those early shows at mcw i think with something as just like genuinely world changing is what's happened the last few years um to like i think everything was going to always take a hit and we've seen that in all types of events yeah, like the comedy festival yeah footy everything. everything and i think you know all type of you know sport and performance have suffered i think for it to get back, and I don't want to say get back because the quality is still there. The yeah, everything is still about the there. Of shows I, yeah, I, I, I'm I, I, more about the feeling. Yeah, I think there needs to be an importance on crowd enjoyment, and I said it. I said it at Renegade. We have to appreciate who brought us here, and because that is what allows them those people to go hey i went to this and i had a really good time because that's what we do it for for the people to have a really good time to have a time that they can't get anywhere else like you you can do a show that can benefit i guess yourself and how you perceive what entertainment or what wrestling or whatever anything should be but at the end of the day, you're doing this for fans. You're doing this for a crowd. You're doing this for people. And if you lose sight of that, I think that is what deters us. I think for us to grow and all that, you have to have such an importance on that. I'm not saying Panda or anything like that, but 
you've just got to always have it in your mind. Will the fans enjoy this? Because if they do, that is how we get those fans telling other fans and then they tell other fans yeah. and we just keep going there. And it's just one of those things. I think we have to be patient. I think it will take time. But in that time, I think the wrestlers and the companies and all that will still be presenting the best shows that they can and shows that are matching and, to be honest, probably better than what we once had. We've got more years' experience. People are older. People are wiser. I think that, you know, that was such a great era, golden era, people say. But I think what's to come will top it. And and that's not to at all disparage what we once had. But I think if you're not looking at the future going, we need to be better than that, you're doing something wrong. And some shows I've been to post-pandemic um, from, I mean, all the companies in Melbourne, PCW, MCW, the Renegade show last weekend, DMDU, Mayhem, have been some of the best shows I've been to. Mm. What are these 196s like? Uh, they're a poor man's strong zero. Okay. They're but good if you're driving because hmm. I don't think you'd be able to drive if you had a real one. That's for sure. If you, if you had one, you could. Two, probably not. Um... Hey, sorry, so, <laughs> is there a chance of Lockie Hendricks merchandise for the fans? Last time we asked that question, you said yes, a one-off T-shirt for two hundred dollars. Uh, look, I I think, and it'll be plain white. I think with how things have changed and all that, and how people have been so grateful and just like this is something I didn't mention when I cut that when I spoke at Renegade, I got a lot of messages and they were really heartwarming messages. Um, You posted some of them too. Yeah, but no, I mean like stuff that wasn't even public and just really special things that like just, it was just really shocking to read that what I said sort of got that. And I think, I think that I've got a reward the yeah, people that have been behind kissing me. Kissing babies at the no, no. stand. <laughs> like, I, I'm, 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 I'm at that stage of my life. Um, you know, I, I I think we need to celebrate this all together. So if you want to get a lover boy shirt, there, I, I I think there will be one. You're, you're not pressured to, though. Don't, don't feel like, oh, he's making one. I've got to buy it. You don't have to buy it. Um, have you got a concept for the shirt in your head? Then, yeah. Like I do, I've I think got. It's coming. Yeah, yeah it's, you've left a lot of money on the table over the years. <laughs> to be to be fair, and obviously you're not driven by money because you did spend three hundred and fifty dollars on a pair oh, of you, tights. You remember the price? Yeah, of course. Oh, I'm pretty oh, sure he re-listened to the no, episode. people underestimate you, Lyle. I've heard that a couple of times. <laughs> uh, so obviously, you know, getting uh, Bree's face um, airbrushed onto tights. You're not a man that's chasing money, but I think. Mm. It's but something no, for the fans. Like, oh, yeah. you know, fans would just love a lover boy t-shirt. Yeah, and it's not like, for me, it would be more about celebrating with everyone. And that, that's what I kind of want. Like, I love a boy professional wrestling. <laughs> well, my design's better than that. Um, no, that I've, would have been on the notepad. Though, I've, got my, um, like, I've got my ideas and stuff, but I, I genuinely 
Like, if the 2019 one was whatever, the Loverboy farewell tour, this is more like the Loverboy celebration tour. <laughs> uh, we're going to... I, I, I want to have fun. Like, and I, I don't... This is going to be like a Rolling Stones tour. I think it's going to go for a while. Um, John Farnham tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2027. We're still going. <laughs> we're still going. I like, I like um, the uh, Rolling Stones tour better because the after parties were better than the John Farnham ones, I'm sure. Oh, I, I got some moves like Jagger. Um, <laughs> but... Keith. Yeah, um, but yeah, so I, I, I think that'll happen. And I'll try I'll try and be inventive. I don't know. I, I, merch is hard. Can you make sure it comes out in 3XL, please? Okay, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you. I struggle with larger sizes. Well, you're going to lose weight to wear it. <laughs> oh, that's... In his own home. Seriously. In his own home. That's unfair. That's uncool. Um, the Loverboy character, do you think it's cost you um, getting booked into state more because... Of, I mean, I'm an unashamed fan of yours. Yes. But do you think that that character probably cost you some opportunities in a state? Because you haven't travelled as much as you probably should have. No, I travelled. I had a, I had a you decent went to Dubbo. Run. Went to Dubbo, went to Sawtell, went to Four Star, went to <laughs> EPW. I, I've, had, I've had a few good travels. Um, I know. I, I've always been happy with how... My career has gone. I, I never focused on maybe I could have done more. I remember in that period, I was wrestling every week, like every weekend, trying to get anything. Um, now I'm a bit like, no, I don't want to say selective. I'm just more, I really want to feel that passion for everything I do. So, you know, I don't want to ever cheapen that. Like if I do something and I don't feel it, then I'm going to get scared that like, I, I don't want this to end. <laughs> um, so I'm very, you know, when I do DMDU, I'm alongside three people. I just adore and think the world of, and think are so talented when I do wrestle rock. I think that is such a unique crowd and atmosphere and that, you know, I really thrive in, when I do Renegade, I like I said, it felt like home. It still, it it was so weird that it did. It was so comfortable. Um, and someone even said to me, they they were like, when you said that line, it validated how I was feeling about Renegade. And I was like, yeah, that that's really cool. Like because it really was like that. It felt like that in the court of ours. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned Dubbo because of course Dubbo Championship Wrestling is coming out, the musical about oh, wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe that you are a musical theatre lover oh, as well. Oh, am I ever? <laughs> Favorite show? The next one. <laughs> Favorite. Musical. I'm a big fan. Uh, like, I've got my songs. Like, I really like Satisfied from Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you going to see Hamilton? Yes, of course. Uh, I really enjoyed Aladdin when I watched that. Oh, yeah. Um, wasn't the biggest fan of Priscilla when I saw that one. I Only because I really liked the movie. Oh, I was going to say, it was always going to be they, tough. Did you see Kinky Boots? Because I loved Kinky Boots. I haven't seen Kinky Boots, no. Um, what else have I seen? I've seen a bunch of stuff. I'm. It'd probably be Hamilton. Oh, I do like a little bit of Defying Gravity as well. Oh, West Matilda, Side... Matilda was excellent. Yeah, West Side Story. Actually, West Side... Officer Krupke, that, that's a beat. If they ever played that at the precinct, or I would go off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I can be cancelled with this, but I'm a big fan of Phantom. Mm. 
hate everything else that um, Andrew Lloyd Webber's ever done. But <laughs> I love fans. <laughs> Because we would love. Apparently, is it true that you and Crackers have written musical? You have to watch it, Tony. Yeah, you haven't watched yeah. it. No, well, that's what I'm saying. But is, are you prepared to do it, it on him. stage? Well, you know, me and Crackers' relationship is no, uh, like yeah. I think Wrestle Rock. Um, yeah, it's going to be something. Uh, like I, I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of pent up anger. He's got a lot of pent up anger, and I think I'm going to win. So. I don't know. So how if that's he can go. if he can swallow his pride after you win, and um... I don't I don't know I don't know I I, I think it's a complicated thing. Mm, okay. But in saying all that, I would be happy to host it. Oh, I would do. <laughs> I'd but then 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 it'd become the arrogant thing where I would just take over. Uh, with like a, WrestleBrainia. Yeah. Hey hey, someone need to take <laughs> well, over that carry, show. You carry you carried us to the trophy. Well, we ha- we have been assured by the producers of. Dubbo the creator, the creator, oh. that if the opportunity is available at the time, he would be more than happy for you and Crackers to open their show oh. with your musical before their musical. Oh. So it'll be like a double musical. Oh. 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 On the what, what is it? Everything is great. Everything is grand. I've got the whole wide world in the palm of my hand. No, it was wrestling is great. Wrestling. And then there was also... All this romance has gotten me thinking that this date would be better with singing because my spirit's as high as an elephant's eye and I'm feeling just like the world's luckiest guy. That line, that line should have been world's luckiest guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you do a rewrite, it'll be I have watched it recently. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It's very good. You've got the bastards are here as well. Um, You've got suddenly lucky. Your mum would be be the front row. but the the um, Dan who wrote Dubbo Championship Wrestling, he loved your take on the Jets and like, on yeah. West Side Story. Yeah. He loved that. Your mum would be in the front row, obviously. Oh, old Mrs. Doing, Hendrix. Doing yeah. catering with the chili. Oh, with <laughs> the sure. chili, the world famous Mrs. Hendrix chili. She might uh, maybe maybe that's maybe that's my merchandise. Just my mum's <laughs> cooking. Ah, yeah, he, he's some here some ch- actually headhunter rig will pop for this one. He's some cheeky cheeky tacos. Come on, get some of that <laughs> into you. With the recipe on the back. Oh no, she she's a bigger heel than I was when it comes to that. do you miss having pink hair? I was something when I was 23, huh? Um, like, I, I I like to think I'm in my uh, Clooney years, so I, I like to think I'm <laughs> no, quite... No, you'll get there. Yeah, I, 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 I like to think I'm quite dapper now. Um, but yeah, no, I couldn't do that again. Um, that was... that. Like, God, I had that... For so, but in saying that, that look far better than the black hair and the moustache. I am sorry to everyone about the moustache. But... The pink hair, like, how would that be going on Tinder? Ah, uh, like, ah, uh, uh, I don't know. I like it was, it was so long ago. I don't like. It's weird. Like, we're talking about this timeline, and like, even though it was three years ago, with everything that's happened, it feels like ten. Yeah. It feels like you're talking about a time like it feels like similar to when I was in high mm. school and stuff. I'm like, geez, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and I. That's where I think, and I, I'm always, it's full circle, always bringing it back to wrestling. Um, that's where I think we, why we need to appreciate the people that brought us here 
because for them, wrestling feels like such a long time ago. We're slow, like, even though we've had a lot of shows now, like, sort of, and all that, we're still sort of easing. Like, I don't know if that's just me. That's why Renegade for me felt comfortable because I was like, this doesn't feel like I'm easing anymore. I think it was a really smart decision to sort of wait until everything was a bit it's more like comfortable. You're wearing a new suit, but it's been fitted for you. Yeah, it was really yeah, that, that, that's that's a good comparison. You know, people Not under that I can afford a fit pe- suit. People underestimate you, well she. No, yeah. they don't. I overestimate myself. <laughs> oh, it yeah. makes up for everything else. <laughs> hey Lockie, it's been great. It really has. Oh, I would have kept going. How am I? How am I? This well, is past Tony's bedtime. Yeah, well, what time? Well, well, how we've long got an hour 20. We've got an hour 20. No, we've done the hour 22. I reckon yeah. we get to an hour 30. An hour 30, right? Hour 30. Another eight yeah. minutes. Well, let's go. Well, let's talk about Renegades in. Okay. It was such a successful opening show. Yes. It, it could have gone either way. Yeah. Not that, I, I probably shouldn't have said that because with Mikey with and Chris and all that, it was never gonna. It was only going to go one way. And that but was no, gonna no, be no. The team. I, I, I don't think that's a bad thought to have. This is the first show, you know. There's there's nerves. I, I, I don't think any of us were going into it going, you know, and that's, I don't think you should ever go into any show thinking this is going to be so successful mm. that it's just going to work. No, I think you have to have those nerves of, Oh God, we're 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 risking this, and I think that adds to the excitement, to the nerves, to the passion that we're so excited for this. We want this to work. We need this to work. So having that assumption, oh, just because we're, we're yeah. doing this, uh, it's going to work, um, and that it, there were so many cool things that like because I haven't watched the show back. Yeah, it's I not out, but there, there there were things that I remember, and you know, I mentioned Katie before yeah. and all that, and I'm that that really was cool for me. But I saw parts of Emin the Kid and Robbie Eagles versus the Velocities, and I was just blown away. Like I was just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Um, I want to see that back on tape. Having Murdoch as the first wrestler through that curtain was what told me this is similar, but this is different. And I can almost relate to him in a sense because I was the first wrestler to walk through Ukrainian Hall for MCW and that I think for Murdoch that was such a big opportunity for him and he's such a good kid and from all accounts I heard he smashed it and he has got like he's got some lovely punches if you've ever seen him mm. like lovely punches I wouldn't want to take that right oh, hand his cannonball it looks like uh, it hurts I'm a headhunter rig cannonball I'm a headhunter rig cannonball has the most beautiful cannonball yeah. but Murdoch's looks like it's pulverizing. Mm. But yeah, no, there was just so many. Like even that, that's a special moment that not even I had thought of. Like there was just so many special, you know, firsts. And that was what was really cool about Renegade for me. It was the first show. And like I've done the first Mayhem, I think. And I think that might be it. Like I think that like besides those two, those are the only first shows I've done. Well, if there was 300 there... And there might have been more. There was more than three. I, I, well, what's the jewel saying? There's five hundred thousand, and I, and I body slammed the, uh, the two thousand pound Andre the Giant. Every person that walked out of there was impressed. Yeah, there was more than four hundred pre-sold. Yeah. So the, every person that walked out of there was very impressed. Yeah, mm. and if they, you know, like they'll bring friends along next time, and yeah. the buzz will build. Uh, that's the thing, though. It was it was very much not your normal. MCW, PWA, or that sort of crowd. It was definitely not a PWA crowd because they're in Sydney. But it wasn't your real wrestling. There was a lot of people that I'd never seen at a wrestling event before. Mm. I think it's 
it um you know a national promotion which you know um pre-pandemic i think the natural progression was a national promotion and you know fans were talking about it whether you know it could be pulled off i think having some of the people that were in the crowd people who've flown from interstate yeah you know um you know people from wa because th- it was a historic moment for wrestling in australia yeah you know? ed lock coming to the kev. show oh kev you know ed lock being front row was I think- ed lock there yeah, front row what front yeah. oh yeah that, that's what i mean oh. yeah this is um he was right in front of us yeah it was an oh, amazing Ed, does does Ed listen to this show? I hope he does. If he, you do, Let's Ed, just say yes. Ed, next time you're there, I don't care if you actually don't jump the barrier, but please, like, yell, Lockie, get my attention, Ed. Oh, I haven't seen it. the the loveliest man in all of wrestling. Oh, I've, actually, did I in the last one tell the story about how I tricked people into thinking Ed Lock was in the Mania Two Battle Royal? No. no. Okay. Well, this is a great I'll way, way to you, finish. I'll give you. Here I'll give you this story. <laughs> So I had met Ed Locke a few times at IWA. Lovely man, just a really good man. Um, and lovely family as well, like just goals all around. And he, um, like I was putting over him to, I believe, Nick Berry and Mitch Waterman were going to Sydney. And they were like, they had never met him. And I just went, I, I was like, and yeah, he, he was an old timer in the Fed. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, he's one of, he's actually quite underrated for being like, he didn't do much, but as an Australian in the Fed, it's quite special. And they're like, what did he do? And I was like, oh, he was actually one of the participants in the WrestleMania 2 Battle Royal. Now, I did not know that at WrestleMania 2, there was a Battle Royal. There actually was a Battle Royal won by Bret the Hitman Hart. Um, so that worked perfectly until Matty Wahlberg told, uh, because they went to him, oh, it's pretty special that, you know, uh, Ed Locke, Mania 2, like, that's pretty cool. And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, At least they didn't go to Ed Locke. <laughs> no, I, that's what I wanted. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it was, uh. Yeah, so I love Ed Locke. Oh, I am so sad I didn't see you. Uh, but it would have ruined the whole f- my speech if I had off. Because <laughs> I would have just been looking like, at him the whole time. I would have just been like, Ed, what's going on? <laughs> Could this be a main event anywhere in the country? <laughs> WrestleMania <laughs> 2. <maybe. laughs> hey, Locky, great to have you on board. Thank oh, you so good. much. Really appreciate you coming in today. It's been a fantastic chat. And I'm really looking forward to this uh, Chris Fresh and Locky chat down the track one day. That'd be We'll set it up. We'll have to get that done. The Snyder Cut. Fresh is very hard to lock down. <laughs> we'll get him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how you get him. We I, provide pizza. We might have to go to him. This has actually gone a lot better. I, I've been a lot better on this than I am at Geek Dude, so that that's nice. <laughs> we provide pizza and beautiful yeah, lemon we, drinks. We won't, nice. be pro- won't be providing fresh with alcohol. No. Oh. <laughs> it's be a limit. Criminal behaviour. <laughs> Congratulations on, can I say a comeback on... On the comeback, Don't call it a comeback. Of, no. the rejuvenation. The that 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 is that is the name of the episode. The rejuvenation of Lockie Hendrix. Congratulations on Thank the rejuvenation you. of Lockie Hendrix. It is special. Ah, oh, there's, there's nothing cheap about it. It's pretty <laughs> it rewarding. Stu- it was stupendous. We'll see you uh, May the twenty seventh. Look forward to it. Lockie Hendrix joining us here on the Turnbuckle Boys. That's all we've got for tonight. We'll catch you next week. See you later, fuckwackers. Enough said. Enough said. We'll see you next week as well, right here on the Turnbuckle.